0: Everybody. how are you all doing out there? And welcome to a brand new episode of the Stag Sports Wrap Podcast. I'm JJ Duke, joined by Drew Kingsley. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about in this show. We had a jam-packed weekend of events that really have just wrapped up as Drew and I were sitting down a couple hours ago. And we had a lot of positive results to talk about from just this Saturday and Sunday alone, a number of series sweeps, a number of series victories. We also sat down with the reigning Mac men's golfer of the week in Jason Salamino. and that was a really interesting chat there, so make sure to stay tuned for that one. A catch-up on the rest of the week's action and get you ready for the week to come. And Drew, as we're sitting down right now to discuss this on Sunday night at about 7 o'clock after, I think, you've been on site for I want to say at least 10 hours or so getting ready for a long day after a very long Saturday. We have a lot to talk about but it's been a very long weekend so I know you're probably desperate to uh you
1: know have a nice sleep have a nice sleep for the next few hours. Yeah I am looking forward to that but you know what this where this is what we were gearing up for this is what we put in all that work in the fall and by we I mean our student-athletes especially to have all of these teams in action. And if it, takes some, if it takes some elbow grease and some long hours on our end, if that means that everybody is in action on their end, I'm very happy to do it.
0: Yeah, I think if I was looking at it correctly, nine events, and that includes both ends of double headers, just on this Sunday alone, which is wild to think. And also, we have to give a big shout out to our Stag Sports Network crew. I know this is kind of patting ourselves on our own backs here. But the fact that because of the current circumstances where we don't have the opportunity to have many people come to the events physically, the fact that we've been able to get all those events on the air in some sort of capacity, including a number of buildings that we've never streamed anything from before, including volleyball inside the Walsh Athletic Center for the first time. We've got tennis that we're trying some things out there. Um, In total, it was something like 28 events that we have produced since March the 6th through today, so that's 16 days. Our crews just put in a heck of a lot of work and also shout out to the Fairfield University Media Center for helping us out with that. But it's because of their efforts that we're able to watch all this stuff at home.
1: Yeah, just a great job by the folks at the Media Center, Ryan Monahan, um, the aptly named producer extraordinaire as Bob Huesler calls him, um, Zach Dayton of course, helping us make sure everything happens, tracking down all the equipment that's needed and everything. And of course, all those crew members, media center and otherwise coming in, running cameras at the switch. Uh, JJ, I'll give you a shout out on the mic. And also I know even the games are not on the mic, you're watching to prepare for the next time you are. So just, just a ton going on and very happy to be able to present it all to those fans who are under current circumstances not able to come join us here on campus.
0: Yeah, I received a couple of nice
1: notes on
0: social and just my messages. So happy that, you know, while things aren't exactly ideal at the moment, we're happy that we're able to get all of this content out to you. And with that content, let's get into it because, you know, sweeps and series wins. Uh, we're going to actually be talking potentially about this a lot, especially because baseball and softball are playing four game sets all spring long. Volleyball, obviously, have been playing doubleheaders every day lacrosse on the women's side playing back-to-backs or two games in three days that happens a lot but Drew when we look at it how four different teams executed either a series sweep or a series win this weekend that bodes a lot for what potentially could be a really positive next few weeks for
1: just all across Fairfield Athletics. Nobody's really sure what you know these seasons are going to look like. You can look at the formats and the schedules, and it's not as easy as saying everybody plays everybody, and the team with the best record is going to be at the top or near the top. But uh, something that never changes is a series sweep, a series win. Uh, you know when you put more in the left-hand column than the right-hand column, never a bad thing. And kudos to all these teams for executing that today against some some tough opponents, some traditionally pretty strong opponents within the MAC.
0: Yeah, so we take a look at volleyball first. Uh, Two doubleheaders, really in the span of four days, one on the road at Niagara, one at home against Siena, as we mentioned, uh, on Sunday evening. And volleyball, really, you could say that was a business trip to Niagara, winning both matches, only needing seven sets to get the job done up there, 3-1, 3-0. And then Siena, six sets done and dusted, sending the Saints packing. And when you talk about that, It's a long journey on the bus up to the Buffalo area. You play those matches. You have to come back home. That's another long trip. You don't have much time to recover, and then you go out and execute again. You were there, obviously, on site for the Siena game, and you watched Niagara. But the fact that this team didn't have a lot of time to come together quickly, but they're coming together and peaking at exactly the right time that they usually would be if it was a regular season.
1: You know, they're, they're just playing at a really high level. And I think something that's probably a necessity this season that they're doing really well is they're really spreading the ball around. Coach Kress is managing their minutes to use a phrase from a different sport, but really keeping everybody involved to just go down the line uh, from today. And also from at Niagara on Thursday, there's the seniors who we celebrated today, Kaylee Butts and Lucy Albertson, Joe Battles is doing her thing. Laura Seeger, great to see her back on the court. Julia Callen sort of split in time with Seeger, at least today. Uh, Emily Schillinger, who missed all of the 2019 season, great to see her back out there. Freshmen like Simone Tyson also getting some good reps at the outside spot. Uh, Manuela Nicolini running the show, of course. Alexis Rich got some time today. She had 15 assists in that final set against Siena. And then in the back row, Georgia Valle and Kyla Berg have both split time at Libero. Um, Morgan Dahl, who was of course, the libero in 2019 has shifted into more of a hybrid role. She found her stride back there defensively. And she would love for me to point out that she's also taking a few swings and picking up some kills from the back row as well this year. I, I mean, that was a little bit of
0: a surprise to me when I was going through my roster prep and seeing OH, that's an outside hitter next to DS, which is a defensive specialist. And I'm like, Ooh, Morgan Dahl might be getting some swings now. But yeah, it's crazy to think, right? You talk about Nicolini, average over 11 and a half assists per set and four digs per set against Niagara and then comes back on Sunday, 11.6 assists per set and five sets played. But the fact that you rattled so many names in that, and it's not just like, oh, they just got into the box or they're producing. And this team right now, you can go to any one of those players. And it's kind of always a trademark of Todd Crest teams, but you could go to any one of those players and they're going to find a way to make an impact and help Fairfield ultimately win a match.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a real hallmark of these teams getting the most out of everybody you've got on the roster, everybody that's available. And as I said, this year very important playing twice in one day, playing what did it work out to four matches in four days, and then the MAC tournament's only two weeks away. So the fact that they're playing this well, but also not. Overexerting themselves, no one's taking 75, 80 swings, then turning around and having another match two hours later.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but Fairfield have put themselves in a good position because the big picture right now is the Stags are 8-0. The next second place team is Canisius at 6-2. They're the only team that can catch Fairfield's current eight wins. And heading into Quinnipiac next weekend, Todd Crest can again continue to utilize that entire roster to hopefully set themselves up nicely for that Mac tournament, which will begin in Albany on April the 1st going to another team that swept a weekend, but this time in almost a more traditional home and home setting though. You don't often get that in this sport, but it works in this case. Uh, Fairfield women's lacrosse sweeping a home and home series against Manhattan winning the opener on Friday down in Riverdale, 13 to 10 and, Very windy, very difficult conditions. And then coming back on Sunday after a bit of a slow start, pulling away late on and winning 15 to 11. Uh, Megan Graham had 12 points between the two games, seven goals, five assists. Kelly Horning, six goals, three assists. Deanna DeVita also in there with a half a dozen points. Both goalies playing well. That would be Phoebe Proctor and Olivia Conquest. Big picture, Drew, especially with some of the results happening elsewhere in the league where Niagara sweeping Siena, Canisius coming back from out of nowhere to knock off Monmouth at home. They're trailing by seven halfway through the second uh, second half of that game on Saturday. Fairfield's 5-0. They're winning their games at home. They're on the road for three straight, but if they have some success away from Rafferty Stadium, it's a very nice setup for them down to the finish where ultimately they've been doing well at home.
1: Yeah, it's not, at least from where you and I sit, it's not getting ahead of ourselves. It's just talking about a team that's taking care of business right now. And that's really what we're doing. You know, The MAC tournament for women's lacrosse this year is only the top four. So, and if you remember a couple of years ago, the top four were all tied for the regular season title. So that's how close this league normally is. I have a feeling a month from now, that's how close this league is going to be. So to take care of these wins, and as you say, to also take care of business at home is a great start for women's lacrosse.
0: Yeah, they always say that if you can win three quarters of your home games and 50% of your road games, you're basically in that playoff picture, doesn't really matter the sport. And if you put that together, there's a number, not gonna say what that is, but Fairfield are currently well on pace to hitting that number and putting them in a position. Something that actually has given me a nice little breath of fresh air, both figuratively and literally drew because we have bat and ball sports to talk about now <laughs> softball and baseball opened their season this past weekend. And we go to the softball diamond first, where they welcomed in Manhattan for a four game series, back-to-back double headers, kind of a usual setup for what softball have. They'd have double headers on both days, but instead in the past where you'd have two different teams, on a weekend, you play a doubleheader against one, then a doubleheader against another. You play teams over a four-game set, which is going to be a, a real test of teams pitching. But when you get people like Lauren Reinhardt throwing gems left, right, and center, where she had a three-hit shutout in game one for Saturday, and then goes back out the next day in total 11 innings, one earned run, striking out nine, winning both of her games that she pitched, the job is certainly done. We could get into the offensive stats in a moment, but Drew, it's always simple. Pitching and defense win games, and ultimately they could win championships. It's a great start for a veteran hurler and Lauren Reinhart, and, they're, and she's getting help from other places too.
1: Yeah, this is the kind of start that softball needed this year. Uh, They had a a quick change, for those who don't know, they had Siena on the docket, and then due to some protocol issues, they end up with Manhattan in about 24 hours notice, and then to turn around and take care of business three out of four against a Manhattan team that's always in that playoff picture, uh, that could stand up big as a tiebreaker if we want to get really ahead of ourselves, but more than anything else, to be three and one at the end of that opening weekend, a great way to kick off the spring.
0: Yeah, and our Season Outlook podcast, which again, if you haven't had a chance to go listen to is I. Talk with a number of our coaches here on the Stag Sports Network. Um, I chatted with head coach Julie Brzezinski really a couple of days before the season started. And she said that because of how tight this league is and how familiar a number of the teams are with each other, if you can win series and string those series wins together over a few weekends at a time, you're putting yourself in a great spot to have success. I know I've said that a lot here already in the show, but it is the truth. Manhattan's always a good team that gives Fairfield trouble at times. Marist is a traditional title challenger. They come in next week. You string together performances, you're going to have yourself in a real good spot down the road. Also, a couple of notes, Allie Bridgman earning her first career win starting game two of day one. Michaela Rubin went six for 11 on the weekend with a homer and four RBIs. Lacey Olof and Drew Westbrook also went deep on the weekend. So bats are going pitching is going and it transitions nicely into what was a wild four games on the baseball diamond is Bill Courier's team. He told me drew coming in pitching, don't know where they're going to be hitting. Don't know how quick the bats are going to get off, but boy, if you just watched and I called those games on Saturday, the bats are certainly there. And the pitching is a lot better off than maybe some people imagine is the stags won all four games. 7-4 and 13-4 on the first day, and day two, 6-3, and an emphatic 8-0, a combined shutout amongst a handful of pitchers, especially that last one, winning 8-0 to cap off of a series sweep, that's going to give those boys a whole lot of momentum heading into the next week, knowing that, as we were talking before, Canisius is another one of those teams that are right up there.
1: Yeah, Canisius, another traditional power if you want to talk about baseball in the Mac and to, uh, to take four from anybody is difficult, but taking four against a team that you would expect will be up there in the standings at the end of the year is a, it's a, just a, it's a solid beginning to the spring. And as you say, the way they did it, they did it with pitching. They did it with hitting. Uh, they did it with the long ball, which is uh, a lot of fun to see as well as a good sign for them. Um, just a, a great way to get going. And as that sweep that sweep or that, excuse me, that shutout, to end the sweep that's a there's a great way to go out you know the fourth game is sort of the x factor a lot of these over the years a lot of these coaches plan to have sort of your three solid max starters and when you can go through those three guys and then when you get to game four and not see a drop off at all that pitching staff pulling their weight in game four as well a very good sign of things to come definitely
0: uh um, like I said earlier, I had a chance to call the first two games, the day one series, Trey McLaughlin struck out 11, uh, which tied his second best in his career. And something about Canisius works for him because his last start against Canisius was back in the MAC tournament in 2019, complete game shutout with 14 strikeouts. Um, And then the long ball took over. Justin Guerrero went deep three times in basically a, a natural hat trick of homers, one to left, one to center, and one to right, right center. Still counts in my book, but that was just the third time in program history that a Fairfield player went deep three times in a game. Mike Handel, Mike Machete, Dan Ryan also homered. Day two, Guerrero hits another one, as did Matt Venuto, Sean Cullen, the grad transfer from Union who had a lot of good things coming with him. One of the best hitters in their program history, had a number of hits all weekend long. You had the return of John Signor, which I know a lot of people were waiting I can actually say this a long time because the last time he pitched on this home mound was on May 5th of 2018, but he struck out six and five-plus innings, now at 239 strikeouts, tied second most in program history. Jake Noviello, as you said, that kind of X-factor game-four pitcher, six scoreless innings. Uh, He had another solid outing from Michael Samson. Just good things are coming from that baseball team, and I had a chance to actually to talk with Trey McLaughlin after his start and uh, also had a chance to chat with Justin Guerrera after game two of day one about his three home run performance Uh, so let's listen now to those chats again Trey McLaughlin after the first game on Saturday and Justin Guerrera after game two on Saturday. So Trey 11 K's in six innings that had to feel good especially getting back out in the mound for what seems like eons since the last time he threw
1: yeah, I felt good today. I had a little bit of nerves coming in I haven't done this in, I don't know, I think it's like 380-something days, and so it was, it was good to be out there. It was a lot of fun, and it was great to play with my team. Fastball is moving good as well, and you
0: also had the off-speed stuff working. and You kind of mentioned that you faced Canisius in the past in the Mac tournament, and you struck out 14 in a complete game shutout. So is it something about facing yellow mm-hmm. and blue
1: that gets you going? Uh, hopefully it's just this This is how it's going to be this year. No, I feel really good. I feel strong with all my pitches right now, and I feel comfortable. So I'm ready to go this year.
0: Because of the fact that it's been such a long layoff, right, since the last time that you guys were able to get onto the field, knowing that you're able to actually get a full season in, how good is it just to be able to do this again and not have to worry about
1: everything that's happening? It's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Everyone's super hungry, and we, we have a goal this year, and we want to achieve it, so we're excited. We're ready to go. And where do you think this group can go, especially knowing that there's
0: a lot that's at stake this year playing everybody four times. It's going to be a grind, doubleheaders
2: every day. But where do you think this team can go? Yeah, it's a lot of baseball coming our way, but we're ready for the challenge. I mean, we're excited. The sky's the limit for this team. I don't think anything can stop us.
0: Justin, so three homers on the day. The first time, which is crazy enough, that has been done in a few years. The third
2: time a player has ever done that for this program. So what would you eat for breakfast this morning? <laughs> this morning, Coach Courier got us some bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwiches, and uh, I had a muffin before that. So I think tomorrow morning I'll be having that same thing before next game. I mean, you have to keep with what's working, but, I mean, let's talk
0: about this game as a whole because if you're going, you had a good first game as well. The bats are starting to come alive, and when I talked with Coach before, he said I wasn't really sure how the bats would come together in the first week, especially kind of like big league takes a little while to get going, but you and
2: your guys were hitting the ball all over the place today, so what was working? Uh, I think we were, our off-season preparation was really key for it. I think we uh, we worked hard in the off-season. We were itching to get back out in the field. So I think they, uh, everything just came together.
0: And especially for you. So when you're going through all those at-bats, and it was a natural home run hat trick as well, one to
2: center, one to right, and left, what did you see at the plate that was working? Uh, I was really trying to see ball, hit ball. I mean, they uh, I got one on a slider, and then the other two were on fastballs. Um, I kind of saw different pitches today, different pitchers, uh, their bullpen kind of came in they weren't as strong as we as we have seen in the past so we uh we capitalized on the fastballs and hit the pit the off speeds that were up
0: and in a season like this, where you're going to be playing double headers basically every day, it has to feel good knowing that you've got day one double header one out of the way, and it feels pretty good now knowing that you could probably do it again a few more times.
2: Absolutely, yeah. We're hoping to uh, come back stronger tomorrow, and as coach just mentioned, we uh, the weekend's a long weekend. We got take two from them, but they could easily take two from us tomorrow. So we got to come out strong and and make sure that doesn't happen. So
0: that was my chats with Trey and Justin appreciate their time. And that kind of wraps up what was a crazy wild weekend last 48 hours or so here at home. Um, Another great note, actually one that happened at the beginning of this past week, all the way, it seems like all the way a week ago, but it feels like a month ago, but Monday, March 15th, uh, Fairfield men's golf headed out to the one day Peacock invitational event and for the first time in five years, Fairfield men's golf ended up earning a medalist with Jason Salamino uh, dropping a one under 69 to win the event. First time since Kevin Duncan, the class of 2019, earned the medalist honors at the 2016 Monmouth Invitational. Jason went on to win the Mac golfer of the week and drew the big picture of this is we've started to see the men's and women's golf teams start to make the climb slowly but it's a it's a good progression up the leaderboard every year at the Mac championship tournament starting to get wins under their belt and seeing strong performances as a team in that event they finished tied for second only two strokes behind Bryant for the overall team win beating four Mac teams in that tournament as well this sets it up for a very nice four weeks worth of events a lot in all of them in Connecticut. And a chance to really build on this, getting ready for the Macs in a month.
1: It's one of those things when you're building a program or rebuilding a program or something like that. It's one of those check boxes you have. Have an individual medalist, finish top three as a team in an event, beat every other Mac team in an event. It's stuff you have on the whiteboard in the locker room there. And the Stags took care of business out at the Peacock Invitational uh, with Jason leading the way. And as you said, a great sign of things to come with uh, that Mac tournament that feels like it's going to be here tomorrow uh, as we storm through this spring season.
0: Well, it is interesting that you talk about those goals. As I remember, it was about 18, 19 months ago, we shot one of our, uh, from the director's chairs, shows from the golf studio here on campus. And in fact, on the whiteboard, you saw the short and long-term goals. They write them out right there, both the men's and the women's team. And they're... They're kind of on pace right now. We're not going to talk about those goals. that That's kept, you know, internally. But what we saw, they're starting to get closer and closer to where they expect to be at about this time. And uh, speaking of that, I had a chance to chat with Jason, which fair play to him, sat down with him on Sunday morning as he was getting ready and loose inside that facility uh, for the upcoming tournaments to come over the next few weeks. And we chatted to him about that win and about what's kind of the outlook for Fairfield men's golf as a whole and the golf program. So here's my interview with the reigning Mac men's golf for the week and Jason Salamino. So Jason, obviously a big week for you, uh, getting the medalist in an event in New Jersey and an opportunity for you guys to really flex your muscles against Mac opponents. But before we talk about that for you personally, what was going through that round? It's not easy, especially early on in the season to drop an under par score like that. So tell us what that day was like.
3: Um, It was, we woke up that morning, it was really cold out. It was probably high 40 degrees all day. Um, The wind was probably the top 25, and my mind was like, just ease into it. Don't get um, yourself too worked up. It's going to be a tough day for everyone, and I just kept that mindset all day, and I kept it moving. Yeah, talk about that a little bit,
0: because golf obviously, for those who don't play it at a competitive level, you just take the conditions for what it is, but this is something that, that was difficult. It was a windy day. We're still kind of in that mix of one front coming through eventually, this warmer weather now. Uh, showering upon us, but those days are not easy. And ha- you really had to grind through a round like that.
3: Yeah, we, we really did. So right now we're still playing with our teammates due to uh, the pandemic. So everyone's in the same group for schools. And we all just said, just stay as warm as possible all day. And we'll, you'll get through this as long as your hands are warm. Everything else will be fine. And uh, yeah, we just... It's not like you worked as a team because golf is almost an individual sport, but it had that teamship around it where we were all rooting for each other and everyone was rooting me on. It was an awesome feeling. They wanted me to play well and as I do for them.
0: Yeah. So at what point did you think to yourself, "Man, I got a chance that I actually win in this event, knowing that putts
3: were falling and you're hitting the shots the way that you wanted to"? So I was one over after about like. 10- about seven to eight holes. And then I made a 20 footer on hole nine and it got me back to even par. It was such a great feeling. And then I kept moving from there. I birdied the next hole to get to one under. And then I was like, wow, this this could really happen. And I kept playing steady golf, just parring out and then made a really nice birdie on the difficult par four and finished the day. Just made pars the rest of the day. It was was a great feeling. Got to love that grind, man. And what was it like afterwards when you found out that not only
0: you had won, but your team put together a very solid performance, finishing amongst the best on that day and also besting a number of MAC teams that were in that event?
3: Yeah, there was five MAC teams in that event, including us. And it was a great feeling because we, we know we have the capability of doing it. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And even though, some of the guys and have the best day. It just shows that we're, we, we have the ability and it could happen any day now. And we're really excited to continue the rest of our season. Yeah, so um, how does the rest of the season look for you guys
0: now knowing that you're going to be playing a lot of events close by in the state, but good courses and good competition. Do you feel like this is really a nice springboard going forward?
3: Yeah, this is an awesome springboard going forward. We are just excited to compete um, and to have a season in the first place. Um, and so moving forward, we, we know we can do it um, to at a very high level. And we just want to prove to everyone that we're someone that wants to compete in the Mac and is ready to, to take home Mac championship this year. Yeah, and there's definitely
0: a lot of belief as well, because I, I know the last couple of years, the group, especially at the Mac championship, you've been rising up the table a little bit, finishing a little higher each and every year. Maybe is it just having a day like you did this past Monday gives you that little extra boost and confidence, saying, "Yeah, you're saying we can go out and compete." But now that you know that you've won an event and you finished top three, you continually doing that,
3: all of a sudden you you have to think the sky's the limit, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. We can. There's so much talent on this team. It's just a matter of we just got to adjust to the climates and the course because. Golf is so unique. You play a different course almost every day and you just got to feel comfortable with it and just take it for what you got on that day. So again, appreciate
0: Jason taking a few minutes to chat with me. I love the mentality of Sunday morning. Nope. He is there getting ready to work, getting ready to go big week ahead for him, big couple of weeks ahead for that program. And I also love that studio as well. Got to hit a couple of balls in there when we, uh, When we shot with the director of athletics, Paul Schlickman, happy to say that my six iron is still is as good as it was. It's not (laughs) that great, but at least it's hitting it decently long, but yeah, they got a great facility there and a lot of good things to come from that program. Drew, a couple other notes to get to from the past week. You highlighted it about our kind of local rivalry that we have over sick with sacred heart and Fairfield picked up a couple of wins in two sports men's lacrosse, On Wednesday, knocked off the Pioneers 14-8. to They jumped out to a quick 6-0 lead, never looked back. Dylan Beckwith tied a career best nine points in a game with five goals and four assists. Matt Lustava at a three-pointer, two goals for Travis Ford. Frankie Labetti continues to be an absolute rock at X, 17 of 24 wins. Colin Consoli, double-digit saves once again. Drew, I know that's obviously... It's one of those games that you want to see the best performances right before the league play really takes center stage. But that's a game that I thought we've seen the best out of Andrew Baxter's team thus far.
1: And possibly the best 60-minute performance out of the Stags, as Coach Baxter said after the game. You know, you go up 6-0, you don't think the game's over. You know, the he as he phrased it, the adversity is coming. You know it's really hard to hold the team down for 60 minutes and they fought off that adversity and then in the fourth quarter had another little run there to put the game out of reach come away with a win um wrapping up sort of the unofficial first part of the season and giving them a week to prepare for a stretch of all caa play going forward
0: yeah we'll touch about that stretch in just a moment with our upcoming schedule two others to get to field hockey a one nothing win 24 hours later in absolutely dreadful conditions out at Sacred Heart as it was pouring from start to finish. But Emma Matlock with the winner, 33 seconds into the second overtime period to give Fairfield a win. Despite the fact that Fairfield outshot Sacred Heart 20-5, to Zoe Rosen came up with the two saves she needed to. Emily Hallerson with a massive defensive save to keep Fairfield in the contest. And eventually, Matlock was able to touch home the winner, In the second overtime period, Fairfield field hockey is now 3-0, 1-0 in league play. And another one that, I don't want to say we didn't see coming, but one that was a bit of a surprise to all of Mac women's soccer was the fact that after losing 4-1 to Ryder to open the season, uh, Dave Barrett's crew went down to Monmouth and took away a point from the Great Lawn. 2-2 draw to Monmouth, goals from Liz Dumas and Maddie Kiley, became only the second team ever since Monmouth has joined the MAC in women's soccer to pick up a point. The Hawks were 34-1 and one at home with their only other lone blemish coming back on October 11, 2017 in a loss to Maris. It snapped a 23-match winning streak for the Hawks against league opponents. That game against Maris in 2017, they hadn't given up a goal at home since then. I mean, this says a lot for a team that, They played well against Ryder. The score is a bit unflattering, but to go down to Monmouth and get something from that facility against a team that's been at the top of the league for so long, it might not be the biggest motivational that you see in the standings, but getting a point at Monmouth certainly sets you up for maybe a nice little reversal of fortunes in the final four games and getting three points a few more times to set it up for the MAC tournament.
1: Yeah, it's definitely just a, a big result when you look at you, you really don't want to start Owen two. That's, that's one of the more obvious things I can say, but it's definitely true in these shortened seasons, especially, and to go down to Monmouth where, you know, as a player, as a coach, you don't have this mentality, but sort of the observer's mentality is anything you can take away from that trip to Monmouth is going to be a positive positive. and to go down there and take a point when, as you say, didn't happen all that often happened one other time ever since they've been in the MAC to bring a point back here to Fairfield to set them up nicely for the rest of the regular season, which is really already in the stretch run in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah, women's soccer is scheduled to play twice more at home and a couple more times on the road, so they'll hope to pick up maximum points as they hit that final run before the tournament begins. Let's look ahead to the upcoming schedule. On Monday, March, the 22nd, men's and women's golf uh, play at the Hartford Blackledge Invitational at the Blackledge Golf Club in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Men's soccer at St. Peter's on Thursday, the 25th, field hockey away to Long Island University. On Friday, the 26th, men's and women's golf again in part of a Hartford one-day host event. This time it's at the Wintonbury Hills uh, Golf Club. And also men's lacrosse is at home against Hofstra at Oak kind of reopened up they've already played twice in the ca but basically kind of looking at it it really opens up the CAA season that's going to be seven o'clock under the lights at rafferty stadium on Lack sports network and also the fairfield athletics facebook page the stream will be both there then on saturday the 27th softball doubleheader home to marist first game starts at 12 women's soccer hosting manhattan Baseball is a doubleheader away to St. Peter's, women's lacrosse at Canisius, men's and women's tennis away at Niagara, women's rowing is at Sacred Heart. Then on Sunday, the 28th, softball continues a four-game series against Marist. Game one starts again at 12. Men's soccer hosts Marist at Lessing Field. Volleyball doubleheader to wrap up the regular season at Quinnipiac. Baseball continues on their stretch at St. Peter's men's rowing is at Maris. drew. If you had one out of that to pick from which one should we keep our most eyes? We'll be keeping our eyes on everything, but which one do we keep our eyes really much
1: on? Well, I think I should start a little streak here. of never giving you a straight answer for this segment. And I'm going to point to tomorrow night at 6 30 PM when Fairfield athletics inducts the latest hall of fame class, um, <laughs> I, I see you rolling your eyes there, but that uh, the, this job. class is certainly nothing to roll your eyes at. The individual honorees: Kristen Coleman, the all-time leading scorer in women's lacrosse history; Anna Johnson, a former MAC Offensive Player of the Year for women's soccer; Rachel Romanski, a three-time Setter of the Year, two-time MAC champion for volleyball; Michelle Yoshida, who's just all over the record book, record book and the leaderboard for Fairfield women's swimming and diving, and then the 1998 volleyball team, which is sort of the The gold standard in one of the most successful programs in Fairfield history and a team that I was fortunate to learn a lot about during this, the 1968-69 men's rugby team, arguably the most successful team in their their respective sport in Fairfield history. So that's at 6.30 on Monday night. Head over to fairfieldstags.com. There's a link to register. You'll get the link emailed right to you to watch that event when it premieres on our YouTube page at 6.30. there i've done my job as the associate ad for communications and content strategy but don't let my joking around take away from this is a great event a very deserving class very happy to have them in the hall of fame
0: i appreciate that you got that shout in there but at some point maybe off the camera i'm gonna have to ask for your games to watch but that you are right that athletics hall of fame class obviously there's always great athletes every year but if you're talking about how deep a class is Uh, it's kind of hard pressed to find a class that is that deep so fair play that and more information of course on fairfieldstags.com to read about all the individuals more of their accolades during their times here within fairfield athletics so that's going to do it for us i hope you enjoyed this episode of the stag sports wrap if you want to catch up on any of our our previous episode or any of our season outlook podcasts or perhaps you want to catch up on an old podcast of open court with bob and Joy. i know they sat down to wrap up the season with um jay young from this past week for the mac tournament make sure it goes there our twitter and instagram at fairfield stags and also on
1: twitter at stag sports net drew we'll catch up next week Already looking forward to it. Going to be another jam-packed week, and we'll be right back here on Sunday night, Monday morning as you're listening to it to dive into another huge week of Stags Athletics. Absolutely. So we'll talk to you all then, but until then, go Stags.